I'm April Willis, and you're listening to the Unbound Outdoors Collective, the podcast where us ladies get to chat unapologetically about hunting, fishing, all things outdoors, and our experiences within. On this episode, I'm chatting with my friend Robin. She's a fellow outdoors woman and a dog musher. And on today's episode, we're going to chat a little bit about her business with her dogs and a little bit about moving from the north. Tonight I have on the podcast my friend Robin, a homesteader and a dog musher from Manitoba. Now, Robin, for those of us who don't know you and who don't know also what a dog musher is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and then what a musher is? Uh, Yeah, Um, I'm almost 34 years old from the Paw, Manitoba, Uh, moved to the Northern Inner Lake in 2021. Uh, We live on Lake Manitoba. We have farm animals, anything from cows to goats, rabbits, chickens, um, and then we have the sled dog kennel. Um, We have 11 dogs. Uh, Ten of them are, you know, dog sledding dogs. One's a retired dog. Um, She's just living out her life. (laughs) And um, being a dog musher is it's getting to go and get out outdoors with your dogs. Um, essentially they're pulling you around on a dog sled. Um, and it's just that bond that you share with, you know, your pack of dogs and, um, me and my fiance, Darren, you know, we, it's, it's kind of like our family. We, we get out and we just get to enjoy the great outdoors together. Right. And I know I, I sort of knew Darren before I knew you and I'm guessing, did yep. you and Darren meet when when he was up north, when you were up north? Uh, well, we met actually because of Panoramic Outdoors. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, they shared him on their story on Instagram, and I thought, hey, that guy's kind of cute. So I oh. him. <laughs> and uh, he, he responded to one of my stories that I was cooking walleye the one night and said it looked good or something like that. And uh, we got talking and... We uh, we talked for a couple months, and then we decided to go fishing together. And uh, we went fishing on Clearwater Lake Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of our first date kind of thing. And we've kind of just been inseparable ever since. We we kind of dated long distance, and then he moved up north. And then we kind of moved, you know, halfway between right. the north and the south. And, uh, yeah, it's almost two years this Christmas. <laughs> Aww little anniversary coming up yeah um so i like when when i think of mushing or somebody using dog sled teams i always think like way up in the north so you did you grow up in northern manitoba or did you just live up there for a while Uh, i was born in the paw okay Uh, my mom moved south when i was young so we we lived in, you know, in around Winnipeg, and uh, we lived in LaSalle, we lived in Stonewall, um, and then we would visit, you know, the Paw. Um, my first, you know, experience with dog sledding was the Trappers Festival in the Paw uh, okay. when I was young, and then I looked forward to it every year. It's right before my birthday, so I get so excited every year, right. <laughs> and um, that was kind of just, you know, that experience really made me want to do it someday. Right. You know, it, I didn't grow up with any family who were dog mushers, but 
I I just knew I wanted to do it at some point in my life. So, <laughs> so um, then how did you get your start in it? I just kind of decided I wanted to do it. <laughs> and and was this uh, when you were living up north or when you were down south? Yeah, so I moved there when I was 19 and um, in, I think, 2018-ish, I bought my first house and I decided I wanted a dog. You know, I hadn't had a dog in a while because I rented and um, it took me a long time to find the right dog. Uh, the town of the Paw, they would post dogs, you know, all the time mm-hmm. that were looking for homes. And they had this little puppy there and right. fell in love with him right away. So I called there and they said, oh, you know, he's been here for a while. You know, are you interested in him? And I said, yeah, can I come see him today? And they said, sure. Um, they said, but let us know by two o'clock because he's set to be euthanized at three. Oh, wow. And I went there for noon and adopted him. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and uh, he, I didn't know what he was. I knew he was husky mix, um, but I didn't really know what he was mixed with. He was just, he was like 10 weeks old. So um, as he grew, he grew really lanky and kind of a weird looking dog. And then it wasn't until my uncle seen him and he's like, where did you get a sled dog from? Oh. And I said, oh, and he says, that's a husky greyhound. And I, you know, I was like, really? (laughs) And so I kind of just started going from there. He was my start. And, you know, I thought this is my sign, you know, it's time to do it. So I adopted my second dog, Luna, um, you know, about six, seven months after. And we started doing canicross and bike during. And then, you know, once winter hit, we, we did dog sledding. So. Um, bike drawing is something that I've seen quite a few people do with short hairs and as like a way to, cause they're so active and have so much energy too. And I've always yeah. thought about it and I'm totally scared to try it. Like, I'm sure that Rosie would take me straight through the bush. <laughs> it's definitely scary. Um, that's why I started with Canacross. That's where you jog behind your dog. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of how I taught, you know, them to stay ahead of me, but like listen to what I'm telling them, you know, whether I want to go right, want to go left, whether we need to stop, you know, or go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we moved into bike touring, which is scary. Um, I definitely have had my fair share of injuries. Oh. <laughs> um, definitely gone through the bush a few times. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's how we learned. And, um, and then, yeah, we bought our first dog sled and I thought, well, hopefully they know what they're doing. I don't really know what I'm doing. And right. luckily they knew exactly what they were doing. That's amazing. <laughs> they took off. Yeah, they took off and they were just, all I could remember thinking as I was crying <laughs> was, it's working. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> I was so happy. <laughs> Do And so how many, how many dogs did you start with? On, on your first, like, team, two. So, two, obviously, yeah. you can have anywhere from two to how many dogs on a team? Oh, you can have... I mean, if you're kick sled, just do it with one dog. Um, oh. I, I, I had two. I mean, my, my female, Luna, she's a Malamute mix, so that definitely helped. Um, she's really strong. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I've... I've seen people running as many as 30 dogs at, at one once. Time. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah, at once. <laughs> I mean, they've got sleds kind of connected and, and, you know, quite a few people, but, you know, I, I, I don't know that there's really a limit. I know most dog races are anywhere from teams of four to teams of 12. Okay. So um, that's kind of the usual. Yeah, that seems more like what you would see online or in videos or in photos, things like that. I, I don't think I've ever seen a team of 30 in anything. <laughs> I'd recently seen a video, uh, there's a kennel uh, that I've seen on Instagram, they they posted a video, they were running 30 dogs, wow. and I was like, holy, and they turned the sled around, you know, and I thought, wow, that's a lot of dogs. <laughs> I just can't I imagine the logistics. Dogs. Yeah, exactly. Like, holy man. <laughs> That's a lot of training. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. And to get them to like work as a kind of a cohesive unit, all 30 of them, that must be yep. amazing. Yeah, for sure. So was it, uh, and I think you mentioned this already, but I just want to make sure that I have my, my stuff straight, is did you move down south because you met Darren or were you like already planning to come down here? Um, More so once we like, you know, it was kind of between our families. My mom lived in the Paw still at the time. Mm -hmm. um, it was just kind of that halfway point. Right, right. Um, so we we just, it was, we moved to kind of like a semi-off-grid little homestead. I couldn't have more dogs in the town of the Paw. Um, so, and that was something I really wanted was more dogs. Darren oh, okay. had a husky as well. So it was like four dogs in the house. And at one point I had a roommate with a Husky as well. So we had five Huskies in a little townhouse. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah, it, it kind of just made sense to expand and, you know, uh, move somewhere where we could have more dogs. Right. So then like living on your homestead, do you guys, how many acres do you have? Uh, we actually rent. So um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Uh, there's lots of bush around us that's mm -hmm. owned by the the lodge out here oh, okay um but we have like i'd say a few acres of kind of where the, the farm animals graze and stuff like that and then we have the yard the dog yard and you know our yard and stuff like that right. but we don't okay. actually own the property <laughs> nobody needs to know that <laughs> um so living like living on this homestead kind of acreage yard how does that like work in really well to life with dogs or like do you find that you struggle with having a homestead and animals and dogs or does that kind of like work perfectly and seamlessly together sometimes it works really well I know like uh, we breed a lot of you know, like we breed rabbits for mm -hmm. meat we breed goats for meat we have a calf for well that we've raised um, into adulthood for meat and I mean that helps feed the dogs right right um sometimes it's frustrating when there's a goat screaming in the back pen and the dogs start howling and oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of you know a little or the roosters are crowing early in the morning and the dogs start howling but um it all kind of works really well to, together you know having all the animals and and I mean it's it's something that, you know, we've been really passionate doing with trying to live, you know, like I said, semi off grid and mm -hmm. raise our own food and, you know, have the dogs and also, you know, like I said, they, 
we do feed them, you know, our meat scraps and all that kind of stuff. So they benefit a lot from it. So do they, do you feed them, like when, when you're feeding them meat, are they on a raw diet or are they on a mix of meat and kibble? They're on uh, a mix of like raw, but as well kibble. Um, okay. We feed Oslin Falls kibble, which is a Manitoba um, made dog food. Oh, wow. So yeah, they, they get you know, that as along with uh, anything from beef, deer, uh, they've had elk. We also feed tulabees oh, wow. uh, to them. Yeah, that's really good for their coat. Um, they get all the omegas and all you know those those fatty oils and everything. So mm-hmm. I noticed that they really gain a lot of you know condition and it helps them get through the winter. Um, it just helps you know with with their fur and just everything. We make a hot soup with the right. fish, so we boil them and debone them, and then we you know, mix that in with kibble so that when they go to bed, they have that hot, hot soup in their bellies. Nice. I, and I was going to ask you if you noticed a difference or a benefit to, you know, feeding the dogs raw alongside that kibble. And you clearly just answered that. (laughs) (laughs) We've seen a, a, a massive difference, especially, I always say the biggest difference I've noticed is their teeth. Oh, Um, really? I was always having problems with my one dog's teeth just, you know, full of plaque and almost like not really like rotting, but like his breath smelled bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was always worried that I was going to have to pull his teeth when he was, you know, older. And now his teeth are white and he has great breath. Um, his appetite is way more than it used to be. I really think that, you know, feeding them that raw food is, is highly beneficial. Really? That's, Especially that's really along with the kibble. Yeah. Right. So the kibble has all the, you know, the vitamins and the nutrients and, and, you know, like all the things that you don't get with meat. And mm-hmm. so it kind of is like a healthy balance, in my opinion. Right. Um, they get kind of a mixture of everything. Right. That makes total sense. So then like you're seeing really good benefits from the food that you're giving them like all year. And then now normally I'm thinking most people know mushing as like a winter activity. So what, what do you do with them aside from like really good food? What do you do with them in the summer to keep them like healthy and happy and in shape and stuff? We, we let them free run a lot. Um, so we lucked out that there was a old wild boar pen. <laughs> oh. Um, and um, so it was like dug right into the ground. Mm-hmm. And um, they they could run around like freely in that pen. It's, it's a huge pen. So they kind of run around, play together, just be dogs. Right. We also dry land mush. Um, so I have an old used kid squad <laughs> oh, <laughs> that cool. has no engine that they pull me around on. <laughs> Um, and then we also just use like a quad or a, um, a, um, struggling, <laughs> uh, well, like a ranger, uh, side by side. Oh yeah. About. Okay. Yeah. So we, we either use the ATV or the side by side and we do run them unless it's really hot. Right. Um, we've also taken them to the lake to let them swim around. And, mm-hmm. um, so we just kind of kind of try to keep them active, but, um, you know, just let them kind of be dogs. It's their time off. Right. And let them enjoy, enjoy their summer. 
enjoy their summer. So essentially, though, if if you're using like the kids quad without a motor, they're they're like they're essentially mushing all year, sort of, right? Yeah, I mean the, the, the hot months they're not right because um, you know, and we do it a lot more in the evening when it's cooler. But if it's really hot out, then we're you know we're not taking them out, making them work or anything, you know. But um, especially come fall, that's when training really starts. You know, when the, okay. the evenings are cooler and 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 that um, we take them out with the with the quad and or the kids quad. It's kind mm-hmm. of scary taking the little kids quad with eight dogs. <laughs> I mean, now that we have ten, we we definitely won't be doing that. But I took it last year with eight dogs, and right. it was scary. Oh really? <laughs> Oh yeah, it was fishtailing and all sorts of stuff. So oh my gosh! Like, mm, I don't know. If be doing this, maybe split them into groups of four. Right. Oh my gosh, that's but. funny. So I don't know. Like I don't know a whole lot about mushing. So can you explain, like, to me and to the listeners, what does a normal session look look like for you and the team? Like, what goes into preparing them for a session, and and like what what do you do during it? Um, I'm not even sure. <laughs> it's all normal to you, um, right? Yeah, it's all normal. I never really even thought about it. I mean, basically, it's, you know, we, we feed in the morning. Um, mm-hmm. I like to make sure that the dogs have had water before a run. Um, it's just better for their muscles. Um, it also just keeps them nice and hydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just checking on everybody and then, you know, we harness them all up. We kind of get them all pumped up, you know, asking if they want to go on a run and, and making sure they're excited to go for that day and and then hooking them up. That's always kind of a gong show because by that time, everybody's excited. Right. And people several miles down the road can hear it. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's loud. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, just you know, making sure everything is good, making sure, you know, in the winter that the sled is all good, um, that everything's ready to go. Um, and then we take off and, um, while we're on the trail, I'm constantly checking, you know, the dogs, making sure everybody's comfortable. Nobody's having any problems. Um, a lot of people always tell me I look really serious in any videos or pictures. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of me and I say, well, I'm really concentrating on the dog. Because <laughs> uh, you got to make sure that, you know, because somebody could step on a rock or, you know, something and you want to make sure that they're okay and that everybody's happy and comfortable and, and enjoying their time, you know, out on the trail. And, right. And then when we're back, we kind of cool off sometimes with a, with a free run, you know, so they can just kind of roll around and be silly and, you know, bond as a team. And then, and then, yeah. That's kind of what a kind of what a normal run looks like. Is is that a big part of it? Like, is it important for the dogs to bond? Like, I would think it is, but I mean, I don't know for sure. I think so. I mean, I know for our team because it's so small, um, they're all really close. Mm-hmm. We do have dogs that don't get along all the time, mm-hmm. um, but I think it is important. I think when they start running free run together they work better together right um as a team you know they just they just you know they they feel like a unit like almost like a pack Mm -hmm. and they all have their pecking order they all 
you know, like they have their leaders and, you know, their, their betas and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and they, they just, they respect each other's space. And I, I do think it's important. I think it's important for us too, so that we get to bond with them, right. you know, and you just create that kind of pack mentality with them. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So do, does their position in their, does their position in their pack stick to their positions on the team? Like your leaders of your team, are they also the leaders in the pack? I would say so, yeah. I mean, ah. we have Rocket, who was the first dog. You know, right. he was my very first dog. He's not the oldest dog, but he's the first dog. And he knows it. Right. <laughs> Nobody messes with him. Ooh. He's, he's not a mean dog in the least. But, you know, when he tells everybody to smarten up, they smarten up. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always been lead dog. You know, he's always been up front. Um, and then uh, Darren's dog, Ash, she's our other lead dog. And we've tried her in different positions in the team because she's so strong. I like mm-hmm. having her further back for pulling, but she's just kind of a leader, you know, like she, the dogs just tend to follow her. Right. Um, you know, they look up to her and she's a very serious dog. <laughs> I find that our, our leaders are very serious. Really? Um, they take everything very seriously. They, they, they don't kind of, you know, play around too much to keep everybody in line. Um, they're just kind of dogs that everybody kind of, know looks up to and and follows for sure right right and so they like the dogs have a specific spot on the team and within the hookup right yeah um you have your lead dogs and then your swing slash point dogs which are the two dogs behind the lead dogs Mm -hmm. and then you have your team dogs which are kind of everything in the middle and then you have your wheel dogs and so Um, what what do they do your wheel dogs are your, you know, your power dogs. They're usually the biggest dog on the team, right. um, the strongest. They they help steer the sled. They, um, you know, they're they're just kind of your power dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, your your lead dogs, obviously, like they set the pace. They they listen for you know the musher's command. You know whether to go left, right, on by, which is I means just kind of straight for you know go straight. Mm-hmm. Um, they set the pace, they, you know, they just, they kind of lead the pack and then your point dogs, these dogs really, they, they kind of just follow the, the lead dogs and, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that the, the team is, is, is taking the right turns, keeping that pace, keeping that line tight. Right. And then the team dogs, you know, they're just, they're, they're your filler and they're your, you know, they, they just keep, they keep everything going forward. They all just work together and, and uh, they're just kind of the middle dogs. Do, do you think that there's like a most important position? I would say, in, I don't know, in my personal opinion, I would say that's your lead dogs, but also your, your wheel dogs. Right. Um, you know, obviously your lead dogs are deciding where you go. A lot of people, you know, they, I mean, they don't, they don't realize that, you know, like the dogs are listening to me but at the same point if they want to go left well they're going to go left even if I want <laughs> right. to go right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um they you know like they do listen but sometimes you know they're like no I want to go down this trail today 
Um, and then your wheel dogs, you know, they're, they're such powerful dogs. You know, we have two really great wheel dogs and, you know, I, I make sure that they're always in good shape and well, you know, taken care of making sure that everything looks good on them. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause to me, they're quite important. You know, they're doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Right. Um, and they're stealing or they're steering the sled, you know, like, so I'd say those are my four most important dogs, but they're all important. So, right. Does do when, when the lead dogs, when they set the pace, is that like, do you tell them how fast or how fast they should be going? Or is that something that they do on their own? I have a drag mat, which is, you know, I kind of, I try to slow them down, but you know, the other day, for example, they decided they want to go really fast around a corner and they took it way too fast. Oh, no. <laughs> um, if, if they decide they want to go really fast, they will They will go fast. And, and everybody um, will go with them? Oh, yeah. Once those lead dogs take off, they are just follow the leader. <laughs> I, and I guess they kind of really have no choice. They're strapped in. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if the dogs don't want to run, then they, they don't run. Um, right. I know we, we have, we tried a dog recently in lead and he got really overwhelmed. As soon as we'd go to take off, he'd go to turn around. Oh. And I thought, you know, I think he's just overwhelmed. I, I, I want to try him further back in the team. And then he was completely different. Right. You know, so I guess he just, he wasn't ready to lead the pack. I'm not sure, but you know, and- if they don't want to go. They're not going to go. Right. And so how do you decide, like, how do you, how do you decide what they might be good at? Or do you, like, if you have them from a pup, do you train them into the position that you might need? I think a lot of it is based off of personality. Right. Um, I know for me, we, we've gotten, last year we trained six puppies. Like oh we, we raised six puppies and, you know, it's just getting to know their personality, where we think they fit best, um, what their what their, you know, their positives and their negatives are and, and, and making sure that we're giving them a position that is suited for them, mm-hmm. you know, so that they don't feel like either overwhelmed or, you know, um, it's like Ash, we've tried her in wheel, which she's great in. Um, she's been a team dog. She's been a point dog, but she's best in lead. Mm-hmm. She, she's just, she loves it. She loves to be up front and leading the pack and that's just where where she likes to be um I'd prefer her in the back because she is a strong dog but you know I can't deny that she's just great up in lead so right and after there do do some of them like transfer well to other positions if you need them oh yeah right definitely a lot of our dogs are very comfortable in all positions Mm -hmm. um I know like our, our two wheel dogs, we've, we've tried them, uh, you know, kind of in the team. Um, they do well there, but they're just, you know, I find that they're much better in wheel. They're just really strong. Right. <laughs> they're from Churchill. So <laughs> they're uh, real Arctic dogs. And so now, now that you mentioned that and that they're from Churchill, like, how do you, how do you find, like, how do you find a dog that you think is going to do well? I really lucked out with them. Um, I had met a musher um, from Churchill over social media. Um, he gave me advice when I first mm-hmm. started. Mm-hmm. Um, 
told me a few things that I was doing wrong <laughs> and how to fix them. And uh, he bred his own dogs for a long time. And I eventually kind of asked him, you know, you know, do you sell puppies? I'd like a pup. And I got Delta. And, um, and then later on, we got Polar. Um, mm. And you can just tell that those dogs are, are bred to do that. Right. You know, they, they're just, they're born sled dogs. Right. You know, he's been breeding dogs for a long time, doing tourism up in Churchill, and they just took to it right away. Um, a lot of our other dogs were rescues, um, and they love being sled dogs, but you can tell the difference between, you know, being bred for it and, right. you know, <clears throat> not being bred for it. Although yeah. most huskies are bred to do it. <laughs> right. I guess it's kind of like, you know, like hunting dogs, like you can sort of the same, right? Like you can tell which ones are bred to do specific things and they just like, or, you know, if you have a, a bird dog, that's like a bit of a mix of dogs, then, you know, it's just like their full blood isn't, isn't in it. Like you can just tell the ones that are like, that that's all their, like their blood runs through their veins just to be a bird dog. And like, Yep. I'm sure that it's exactly the same with huskies like there's or or sled dogs like there's some of them that are just like the blood courses through their veins just to live for that one thing. Yeah, Polar was exactly that. We got him at I think he was 7 or 8 weeks. Um we got him flown in from Churchill and we tried having him in the house, but he right. wanted to be outside. Right. He was 8 weeks old outside minus 30 weather, happy as a clam. <laughs> he would watch Which is amazing. I know. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. But he wanted to be outside. We, you know, we put a we gave him a heated dog house, but he just he wanted to be outside and he watched those dogs every day take off on the dog sled, you know, like or run around and he just when it was his moment, you know, when when he was old enough to be put in harness, he just took to it. It was right. just immediate. There was no hesitation there was no like nothing he just he wanted to do it that was what he wanted to do he just he was just perfect from day one right so you can what, tell that that's that's what he wanted yeah exactly what he wanted what go, to do what, what goes into what goes into training a sled dog like how how do you even how do you even do that i usually start um by you know harnessing them and walking them um just getting them used to that harness I also think too like them growing up in the, in the kennel mm -hmm. um watching their team you know their future team members you know take off it kind of gets them going and gets them excited and then once once they're old enough it depends on the type of year you know with polar he turned that seven eight month mark during summer so he did bike during Right. And uh, our dog Ruger, he turned that seven, eight months during winter. So he started in dog sledding. And, you know, with him, we just we put him in the team and he just went. <laughs> um, he just he knew what to do. And he wasn't perfect, but he he you know, he figured it out. And and uh, that was that. Um, I know for the, when I first started doing it. Uh, with my very first dogs, there was a lot more, you know, that 
I put into it. It it was a lot of training directions. Um, mm. We would go walk through town, and every time we had to turn down a different street, you know, I would give them the command. Okay. And uh, that's how I taught them: just walking right. them all around town, learning the directions. If we came to, you know, like a three-way stop, and I wanted them to go forward, you know, I'd say on by. And mm-hmm. that's how they know not to go left or right, you know, just to, to go on by. And um, and that's kind of how I taught them. I find with a lot of the dogs that are going to be team dogs, they kind of just learn from the other pack members. Right. You know, so they, they learn from their team. kind of the easiest way. Right. So a, a team, if you know that you're like going to be training a team dog or you think that they're going to be best there, you can pop a harness on them and let them learn kind of in the fire. Yeah. Pretty much. I mean, they, so far we've been really lucky. They've just known what to do. <laughs> They've all been really good. And um, it's it's a lot more complicated for, you know, teaching a lead dog. You've got to make sure they know their directions. You want a really confident dog. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why Ash was perfect for it. Right. Um, when Darren brought her to my place for the first time, you know, she wasn't intended to be a sled dog, actually. Mm-hmm. Um it was intended to be his fishing and hunting buddy, oh. <laughs> but he decided she wanted to be a sled dog immediately. Wow. Um, we let her ride in the dog sled as a puppy, and he would howl the whole time. Oh, wow. <laughs> and she was just so determined to be, you know, part of that team that when we finally let her, mm-hmm. when she was old enough, she just, she just did it. Right. She, she was just so determined <laughs> and you know she's just been she's the team's cheerleader when she comes out of her kennel everybody starts howling because she howls like really loud right um so but yeah they kind of all just teach each other in a lot of ways that's that's kind of really cool like you you definitely don't hear like for example in the, in the short hairs like mine like you could tell that there was instinct there but there's a lot of teaching that has to go on or like, or like guiding, guiding that instinct in the proper way. So to hear that, like the sled dogs can like teach each other and they sort of just have that instinct and know what to do. Like that's, I don't know. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, we work a lot with them, you know, we, we run them and and make sure that, you know, they are learning, but I, I know for, for us, most of our dogs just kind of took to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but we just, we grew them up into it. They, you know, they were out there with all the other dogs. And like I said, they just, they watched them take off. And right. we've also let a lot of them ride in the sled. Oh, okay. And they just follow them and they want to go along with or just run behind the sled, you know. And they, they figure it out pretty quickly that it's something they really want to do. <laughs> and I suppose that's super helpful if they're, if they're running alongside you and you're, you're saying the commands and then the team is doing the command and then that dog running behind is like getting the idea of each of those commands. Yeah. Um, they definitely do learn a lot from, from each other, I mm-hmm. think anyways. Um, but it's just kind of repetition, taking them out, getting mm-hmm. them used to everything. And then once you harness them, just make, you know, keep at it. Right. Um, right. I know a lot of mushers, they're new dogs. They put in wheel, um, you know, that as, as training, I like to put them kind of in front of wheel, unless mm-hmm. they're a bigger dog. Right. Um, so they're following 
you know, the team members, they're following everybody else. And that's, that's for me, the best way that they've learned just how to go. Mm-hmm. Right. How long, how long does a dog stay within the team or like actively with the team? Uh, my retired dog, she would tell you that she should still be in the team. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it depends on the dog. Right. Uh, I knew, I knew with my dog Luna that she was ready to retire when, you know, she, she would slow down. Um, and she, she just like, I don't even, I'm not sure how old she is to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, if she was the age that the, the vet gave me when I took her in, she should be like 14. And I don't oh my gosh. think she is. Right. <laughs> I think she's around, you know, nine or 10 okay. right now. And, you know, she, if, like I said, if you asked her, she would tell you she could still go. Right. Um, she, she cries every time she can't go for a run. Mm. Um, <laughs> we recently took her out on a little mini retiree run with another dog just so she could, you know, get out and do something, you know, that she loves. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I, I, I know a lot of people usually retire their dogs, especially race dogs around the seven years old mark. Right. Um, and then they kind of retire them as touring dogs. Okay. Um, I know there's dogs that are like 11, 12 years old, 13, still running in harness. Right. Um, I think it just depends on the dog and, and their their health and their well-being and if they're happy doing it and mm-hmm. you know they'll let you know when they're done have have you ever seen or heard of a dog that like just doesn't want to anymore like doesn't have the passion for it anymore is that a thing I haven't personally experienced it um I know that I have had two dogs um that didn't have the passion for it right and you know, I had to make that choice. I didn't want to force them to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up rehoming them, which was right. a hard decision because, you know, you get attached to them, but I just mm-hmm. didn't feel like it was right to, you know, force a dog to do something they weren't passionate about. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, so, it, you know, like you can see when a dog isn't passionate about it and, you know, now they're happy-go-lucky house dogs. Mm-hmm. Right. And <laughs> you know, like love and life. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's, that's as close as I've experienced to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of sled dogs are just diehard sled dogs till the end. Right. <laughs> um, they just, they absolutely live for it. A lot of people, you know, they, you know, they're like, oh, how can you make your dogs, you know, pull you around? My dogs love pull. They yeah, because they want to. It. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I said, if they didn't want to go, we wouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> well, yeah. Would, they would just stay there. They would just stop. Yep, yeah, exactly. Right. So, yeah, I guess that's like any know. any dog that's bred bred to do it, right? Short hairs or, you know, border collies. And, you know, people say the same thing. How do you, how can you force your dog to chase other animals? And you're like, you're not forcing it to do anything. Like it, it wants to with its whole being. Oh, yeah, for sure. I've watched border collies, you know, herd sheep. And they just are the most intense dogs. Yeah. And they just live for it. Like every fiber in their body wants to do that. Yeah. And it's the same with sled dogs. Like, you know, they just, they just want to do it. They get so excited. You know, they, they can hardly contain themselves 
they walk right. up to be hooked up. A lot of them are really, you know, quiet when they're getting hooked up. And then once, once you know, their tug line and their neckline is hooked up, they just start jumping and bouncing and howling and just like they are so excited to go. That's so cool. And, uh, and I, I like how can't... it's like there's there's a moment, right? Like the moment that it's hooked up, that's when everything like just lets go. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like they just they can't contain themselves. We have a dog, uh, Woody. He, you know, he just he comes out and he's just so excited, but he's really calm, you know, and he's quiet and you know, he's always like just so sweet to hook up. Um, Darren usually hooks up the dogs and I usually hold the leaders. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's smiling up at Darren and he's so happy. And then the moment Darren lets go of his collar, he is just like jumping forward and howling and screaming and oh. so excited. <laughs> he can't contain himself. Like he's just, and you can see you know, like he's so powerful for a little dog, you know, you can just see him hitting, you know, that tug line so hard. And it's like, you know, when we were with the quad, he was inching that quad forward. Right. Even with the brake on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he's just, he's, you know, he's 55, 60 pounds of just like pure power and excitement. And, you know, he just wants to go. Right. I love how, I love how there's like that, that, you know, that moment that we're talking about, like, I'm just thinking about it with Rosie. Like when I hunt with her, she has an orange vest that I, I run her with during hunting season always. Um, like if we are hunting or we're running, she's, she's still in orange. And I usually use orange quite a bit too, when we're on like any kind of public property of any kind even sometimes when we're on public just or, or private just because you like you don't know who's driving around and if i put yeah. like when i put that orange on her she gets kind of excited you know like she's happy she she knows that she's going on somewhere but if i pull out her orange collar with the bell on it good luck <laughs> even getting this stupid thing on her like she just and we used to have like my that the collar the nylon collar that i have the bell is not the old bell. It's like a bell that I bought for her, or actually I think Melissa purchased it for her, but the nylon collar is actually my old short hair Ginger's collar that she had when I was little. And I remember Ginger being exactly the same. You could pull out any leash, any collar, any whatever, it didn't matter. But as soon as you touched that orange nylon collar with a bell on it, like all hell broke loose. Yeah. <laughs> the dogs are the exact same. You know, if we come out of the house with the harnesses, then they're howling. Mm -hmm. If we get the the sled in position, they're howling. Right. If if we even start the snowmobile, they're howling. <laughs> Take <laughs> they're us. Like, yeah, pretty much. That's All you so have cool. to really say to them is, "Do you wanna?" And they're just losing their. You know what's like, funny is that's the same the same phrase that I could say to Rosie. Like she's actually yeah. sitting on the couch and I'm like, Rosie, do you <laughs> like jumps off the couch and runs over here? Oh, hi. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to? And like, holy man, like things are, things are flying off the couch. There's pillows going everywhere. Toys are flying around. She's like skittering down the stairs towards the door. Like it gets crazy. <laughs> Darren will quite often just whisper in the dog's ears. Like, oh no. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, only that dog hears it. That dog just is like, is he kidding? Is he serious? And then they start flying off the handle and the other dogs can feel that energy and they don't right. even have to hear it. And they know. He just whispered the word, the magic words. <laughs> right. And the whole place is yeah. in an uproar. Oh yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I love it. That's so cool. Um, I have a, just a couple more questions for you, but I want to know, do you have, I kind of ask a lot of people this, but I have to tailor it sort of. So do you have maybe a moment or I like specific session, like um, a ride session that you had that like really sticks with you? Uh, probably my first time on the sled. What was special? I don't that? know. I don't think I'll ever forget it. I just, I remember crying the whole time. <laughs> I was so happy. Right. Um, I, I just, it, I felt like I succeeded, even though I had a few things wrong. <laughs> um, but it was just kind of that moment where, you know, that dream of mine came true. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like I, I wanted to do it so bad. Um, I know I watched Trapper's Festival so many times mm -hmm. and that was something I just knew I wanted to do and when it actually came true you know I was just just so happy right. um it it was a very special moment um I know too um like even you know with trappers I have had moments there where you know I um I was a dog handler for uh, dog musher from Fairbanks, Alaska. Mm -hmm. um, his name was James Wheeler. And um, I know I've watched trappers take off so many times, you know, and there's just like that moment where they're counting down, you know, like 10 minutes to race time, five minutes to race time. And you just, you start getting so excited. Mm -hmm. And when I was helping him, I remember holding his dogs, you know, in the team and, uh, you know, they started counting down, you know, the five minutes to race time, two minutes to race time. And you have all this anticipation and there's 20 teams. I don't remember how many there were, but there were several teams there and they're all, you know, 10 dog teams and it's loud and mm -hmm. you can just like, you know, you can't hear anything but the dogs. And, you know, then they start counting the 10, you know, nine, eight, seven, and the guns go off because it's old school it's it's a mass start so everybody's lined up and everybody just takes off at the exact same time mm -hmm. and my heart just kind of just stopped and then just started racing because it's like loud and you know you let go of your team and everybody takes off and it's quiet right and there's All just like that silence <sighs> and I just remember in that moment I was like this is my passion this is right. something that I love you know and I think that moment will always stick with me mm -hmm. because you know, it was just like, this is what I want to do. I didn't necessarily want to be a dog musher, like, you know, in the racing world. But mm -hmm. I was like, it's just, I, it's unexplainable, you know, like, just the feeling of, you know, all the dogs and the excitement and everything. And that's something that always sticks with me is, you know, usually the start. Right. And, uh, but for, you know, personal runs, um, I've had lots of amazing moments. I love I love taking people out for the very first time. Uh -huh. I love that. It's a magical moment, especially when they drive the sled for the very first time. Um, I, I love the look on everybody's face. That's, 
something that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Darren's first run has stuck with me. He was so excited. <laughs> I think that was the moment where he was like, all right, I'm in. You I'm know, in, yep. <laughs> this, this crazy lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, um, even even this winter running 10 dogs for the first time, you know, that was pretty special. Right. There are lots of moments, tons of moments that I can think of. So you and you and Darren have sort of a a business involving the dogs and mushing, right? Yeah, we started a uh, like a dog touring um, business this just this year. Uh, this is our first winter doing it. And so, what does that involve? Like, if somebody was interested in that, like, t- tell me a little bit about it. Um. So for a tour. Uh, you would, you know, if you were to come see us, you would, you know, come uh, and we would give you kind of an intro, tell you about our dogs, tell you about, you know, us and, and everything, and then kind of go run through everything that you're going to experience during a tour, how to be on the sled, because we, um, we have a tandem dog sled. Mm-hmm. So one person stand on the back, one gets to ride in the basket. Um and so kind of walk through that, what to expect, and then go meet the dogs. Um, just just so everybody can kind of pet the dogs, meet the dogs, you know, learn who the lead dogs are, learn who the wheel dogs are, you know, etc. And then, you know, we'd harness up the dogs um, and hook them up and then, and then go on the, the sleigh ride, which is taking off from the yard, going along... Lake Manitoba. Mm-hmm. We were right on the lake. And uh, then um, going off kind of into, it's like field and bush and then thick bush and, you know, kind of back to field. And it's, it's, a, it's you know, a trail that kind of you get to see everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's photos, like, you know, photo ops and all that kind of stuff. And then come back and kind of just hang out with the dogs and and yeah um and then just hang out and relax (laughs) that's cool they kind of get like the full experience being able to meet you guys and meet the dogs and kind of learn about everybody and and not just like show up jump on a sled and go out for a ride and then leave yeah i wanted to give more of like the experience you know that's why I wanted to do the tandem sled is, you know, just to kind of give people that opportunity to feel like it's more than just a sleigh ride. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I want to bond with the dogs. I want, you know, like to, to get like the whole, the whole experience. Right. Of, for sure. You know, what it's like to have, what it's like to have dogs and, and, you know, you know, all of, all of the stuff that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe hopefully get people, you know, hooked on the sport. <laughs> That's always right. my end goal is to get, hooked on you know dog sledding <laughs> ah yes <laughs> there's a motive here <laughs> yes i've gotten a few people hooked that's so um, cool i like melissa and i have talked about coming out for a ride and like you know now talking about everything i'm just even more like oh my gosh i need to i just i need to come out yes definitely we can go fishing and dog sledding and you know the whole nine yards <laughs> <laughs> we oh, will just love that. And then mushroom picking in the spring. She keeps talking about that. Oh, yes. Yes. I definitely, last year was my first time doing the morel pick and I am hooked. 
it's <laughs> so much fun like and and it's weird it's um it's like extremely addicting I find you know like there for a while when I wasn't sure if I could eat mushrooms or not like I was having a lot of difficulties with eating mushrooms and was scared to like figure out what I could and couldn't eat and then finding out that I can actually eat morels with no issues like now I'm just right back in and I'm hooked like I used to hunt them with my mom and dad all the time and, and I think Baba when she was still alive and I just remember like it was so addicting as a child like you know asking every day if we could go or not and like it we would be completely at a season and i was young and i didn't know any better but like i just wanted so <laughs> badly to get out there and and find something i love i love doing all that it's it's the same as shed hunting like you're just like scouring the ground yes and, you know <laughs> for, for that mushroom or that shed or or, or whatever or walking you know like forever in the bush trying to find cranberries and or whatever it is like it's totally addicting for sure which is so funny because I'm sure a lot of people that like non-outdoor people would be like oh my gosh you're so silly and here we are just like (laughs) all we want to do is go and find things (laughs) yeah exactly I'm constantly like okay what's like coming into season next yes what's next right yep and like, can we please fast forward through, like, let's have Christmas and then we can fast forward into like April so that I can start shed hunting. <laughs> well, I like to enjoy my winter. That's, that's <sighs> our, like, that's our, that's our ice fishing and our dog sledding. And, you know, we want to do trapping this year and, and, oh, and nice. stuff like that. So, yeah. So winter's kind actually- of like your time. Yeah, we look forward to it. Everybody's, you know, always looking at me funny when I'm like praying for winter in October. Yeah. And I'm just like, all right, yeah. I'm ready for the snow. Let's come on, freeze <laughs> up. Let's go. I'm ready. I am definitely a, f- like- a fair weather person. I, I won't deny. <laughs> oh, well. I always tell people like, you know, come dog sledding. I-, I will prove to you that winter can be fun. Right. Yeah. And I, I, would I would believe you a hundred percent even before I get out there (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um Robin if somebody is looking to get a hold of you or wanting to learn a little bit more about um your team or coming out for a ride with you like where can they find you what the what should they be looking for um you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. We're under Inner Lake Dog Tours. Okay. Um, you can also find us on Travel Manitoba. Uh, you just search up Dog Tours mm-hmm. and there's information there. Um, or just email us at innerlakedogtours at gmail.com. Okay. Um, but social media is pretty much the best, um, especially our Instagram. We upload daily and I'm, I try to be on top of everything um, as much as possible. Know, if people have questions or you know they just want to learn more about it or even just talk about dogs I don't mind I love talking right. about dogs right <laughs> and your which um, what's your Instagram handle it's interlake dog tours dot mb okay and I think um the one so the one that I chat with you on is is that your personal one Oh, I see. No, never mind. Yeah, interlakedogtours.mb. It's just when yeah. we're messaging, it comes up as the like bio name, which is Northern Interlake Kennels. Okay. Yeah, that's sorry. That's our kennel name. 
Um, I know everybody just kind of searches up Interlake Dog Tours and it comes up. Right. Yep. Um, Interlake Dog Tours. Pretty easy to find. We're the same on all the, all the different, you know, online handles. On all the different platforms. Um, I, I know. I try to keep it all the same so that I don't get mixed up. No, that, and that's good. Like, that makes it easier for people. For sure. For sure. Okay, so if anybody's looking for Robin and her dog team, you can search up on any of the platforms, interlakedogtours.mb, or you can go check them out um, on Travel Manitoba, interlakedogtours.mb. All right. So thank, thanks so much, yeah. Robin. I really enjoyed this chat and uh, I'm really looking forward to getting out there and uh, going for a ride with you. May, hopefully we can get that planned out for this year. Yeah, for sure. I I would love for you to come and actually meet in person. You know, yes. we, we chat online, but it's just not, you know, it's not the same. I, I, I would love to meet in person and actually hang out and like I said, go fishing, go dog sledding. You know, I'm always down for whatever. I know. It, <laughs> if we, it's outdoor we'll... stuff, down. <laughs> then you're down yep i know we will have so much fun when we can finally finally plan a date and get together and thank you so much for you know having me and chatting away <laughs> yes thank you for coming on the podcast yeah no problem have a good evening you too